I just want people to know that uh, getting uh, COVID-19 is not a death sentence. It is something that you can win over. You just need to have the right faith, psychological and emotional perspective. Um, nobody can visit you, not even your family members. So we, are, we were really in isolation. It's a negative pressure room. So my wife and I had video calls almost uh, every hour. She was checking on me to make sure that I've eaten, I have drank uh, enough water for that uh, particular uh, hour. And every time I feel fear, I would immediately call my wife and my daughter uh, just to give me a, to suspend reality that I was in a hospital. The scariest moment was um, maybe it started on the fourth day when people who got admitted at the same time as, uh, as me, they started dying. Uh, early in the morning, you know, you would hear people crying or wailing uh, because they have lost their loved ones. I just want people to know that uh, getting uh, COVID-19 is not a death sentence. It is something that you can win over. You just need to have the right faith, psychological and emotional perspective. I want you to know that uh, once you have symptoms you need to immediately isolate yourself uh, there's no way you can take a risk that the elderly or the high-risk groups in your family will get contaminated or will get the virus on march 11th the world health organization officially designated the novel coronavirus the outbreak uh, being a pandemic uh, it's defined as the worldwide spread of a new disease that we don't know nothing about this this big declaration is is the first to be made since the 2009 swine flu as as of this recording right now there have been approximately 650,000 confirmed cases of the new disease called COVID-19 resulting in more than 28,600 deaths worldwide guaranteed that's going to be a larger number by the time that this is posted i'm um, i'm even thinking in, in it could be in the 700,000 close to a million cases and god knows how many um how many deaths that there will be um but all in all welcome to the relatable source welcome to the relatable podcast i'm, I'm sure you know by now you're kind of getting a sense if you are a regular listener you're kind of getting a sense of these sort of topics that i, I do bring up i um, mean i really do appreciate you guys for the all the support that you guys showed me um if you're new here thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate that as well this podcast again is 100 percent free but i do ask for more, for a small fee um, if you find something that you can relate to something that will put value into your life or something that you will disagree with or don't like or still want to stick around and find out more um, tell a friend tell a friend I'm pretty sure we're all isolated at this point and I'm pretty sure and, and it's kind of nice to, to sort of try out new things so if you are trying out podcast for the first time and um, it, yeah like t- tell people about this podcast um, uh, this is my way of, of, of plugging myself and I would, I would appreciate if you guys do the same thing for me you know giving me a five star rating on where you're listening to this from also is a nice gesture so depending if you do like it or not 
um, and, and even if you don't like it, you know what, put a review there, put a review in and, and uh, I really want to, you know, uh, check them out and, and just, to, just to see where, where I'm standing at the moment to see if people are really do enjoying you. So next time you're having a conversation with friends, family or colleagues or anyone in general, um, you know, tell them about this podcast or even yet suggest some topics that you would love for me to talk about. This podcast is not intended for me to preach any knowledge because I generally want to learn from you guys as well as, you know, all the feedback that you provide us is very valued and appreciated as well. And and just before I begin on this topic, um, you will hear uh, most likely this uh, my new neighbors that moved in um, uh, on, on the next building and and God, they are so loud. And it's not because they are generally loud. It's because of their voice. Their voice is going to go something like this. Yeah, you're right. You know, very, very, very Australian, like extremely Australian. But you know what? We'll go through it, I guess. But the coronavirus, the COVID-19, although a coronavirus, it's a family of viruses that cause that causes illness ranging from the common cold to severe acute respiratory systems or sorry, respiratory syndrome, which is SARS. It had not previously triggered a pandemic. This is not the first time we've seen the global transmission of a serious disease. Historically, we could we could pretty much look at everything back to the 19 to 19, uh, 1918, which is you, you. I'm pretty sure you guys are starting to see that number or that year timeline because of that's when the influenza a pandemic happened. But in more modern times, you know, we'd be looking at the 2015-2016 Zika outbreak in Central and South Africa. Oh, sorry, South America. Um, the global SARS outbreak from 2002 to 2003 and the Ebola outbreak in West Africa from 2014 to 2016. You know, they tell us COVID-19 is caused by a coronavirus and not an influenza virus. The, the 1918 flu pandemic, which caused at least 50 million deaths worldwide according to the centers for disease control and prevention it might be the best model to understand when we try to look into this these behaviors that we're all going through and and these isolations and outbreaks that are happening across the world Um, it's also an outbreak for which massive social interventions were undertaken you know the 1918 influenza the the influenza pandemic um, of that year killed more people than the great war which it's known today as World War One, and at somewhere it was between thirty to fifty million people. It had, I think, it was going on for uh, less than a year, but it had been cited as the most devastating epidemic in recorded world history. More people died of influenza in a single year than in four years of the Black Death bubonic plague from 1347 to 1351 it's known as the spanish flu or la gripa you know the influenza of 1918 to 1919 was a global disaster but let's pretty much you know we've heard about the deaths let's let's look into the actual year itself it was was pretty much the fall of 1918 it was the great war in europe it was winding down and and everyone's lit on everyone's lips was the talk of peace from the world war one um the americans had joined in the, in the fight bringing the allies closer to victory um, against the germans and deep within the trenches these men lived through some of the most brutal conditions of life that that life had to offer which seemed 
could not be any worse than in sacks across the world, something blew up that seemed as gentle as the common cold. You know, the influenza of that season, however, was way more than a cold. In the two years that this plague infected the earth, a fifth of the world's population was diseased. And I think at the time there was about one, it was, it was in the 1.7 billion to two something billion of, of the world's population compared to today's closer to 8 billion. The flu was the deadliest for people aged 20 to 40. Um, this pattern for morbidity uh, was unusual for influenza, which is a usual killer of the elderly and young children. It infected 28% of all Americans as estimated 675,000 Americans died of influenza during the pandemic, 10 times as many as the world war. Now you got to understand also there's, there may be a, a video floating around by Bill Gates by, by pretty much warning us. It was back in 2015 and, and the man was warning us that the biggest threat to the world is not another war, not another world war, but it was a pandemic it was a pandemic virus that would be spreading around and for us not to be really we, we couldn't really manage it we couldn't manage it we couldn't we we haven't spent the amount of money to bring in the resources that are needed within to, towards this uh towards this virus and it's happening today of those u.s soldiers who died in europe half of them fell to the influenza virus and not to the enemy as an estimated forty-three thousand servicemen mobilized for world war one died of influenza in 1918 it would go down as unforgettably the year of suffering and death and most importantly of, of peace um but yeah you can you can understand the sort of um, pressures of the uncertainty and and not knowing the outcomes of a certain disease now i don't know you don't know what well, the scariest thing is our scientists don't know then they're still trying to figure out you know i think vaccines are out on the way and they're doing trial runs at the moment but at the same time it's not really a um a factor for us to look at information and causing it to be misinformation and spreading it out across the world um but what what i was what what is it you know, back in those 1918, what, what is it really telling us about today's times? It seems that we're repeating in history, but the modern medicine that they had back then in 1918 um, can be compared to your community's village remedies that your grandma or auntie swears can defeat any disease thrown at you. Actually, I remember um, when I was in Syria and I bumped in, uh, bumped my forehead on uh, the the pointy end bit of the couch. So it was like the, the the handrail or whatever. It was it was a pointy end, and and that was that was pretty much the style of those antique and vintage couches. But um, yeah, and then I ended up bleeding from my forehead. I look like the the fake blood they add on the on the WWE wrestlers for the dramatic effect. You know the ones that they go into black and white as soon as blood is shown um anyways the the responsible and sensible thing to do was to find uh first aid and treat it as, as fast as possible and close that bitch up as but nah my mum she brought out coffee powder of all things she brought out coffee powder and applied it like it was like our simba 
you know, right in the middle and, and then. But funny enough, it healed. The actual bump or scrap healed. And that was one of the first times that the actual remedy that my parents come, came up with or like the community came up with actually made sense. Now, the containment and treatment of infectious disease like COVID-19, it's, it's, it's highly dependent on individual decision making. We as individuals are not always rational and, and will balance the, the perceived benefits of making contact against the perceived cost of the disease. We're not staying at home. We're actually going all around. The government is telling us to stay away. We're finding it more difficult than ever. But we've got to ask the question, why has our behavior gone to stress times 100? Why are we reacting the way we are to this pandemic? There are those that aren't really taking it ser as seriously as they should. Many are being irresponsible in the information that they are sharing to their friends and families to downplay this epidemic by saying that more people die from the common cold and really highlights the level of stupidity out there. Me personally, I didn't take this into consideration until early, uh, until early February. And at the time, there were probably more than 1,000 deaths um, they were pronounced dead in, in China, I believe. And if this virus is so much less deadly and persuasive than the seasonal flu, which is pretty much the arguments that everyone is, else is having, oh, the, the flu has about 60 to 80,000 deaths per year. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we making this serious? Well, why so much hype about the coronavirus? Why are there public health agencies in full mobilization mode? Why are, we, why are there people being quarantined at the moment why has the reaction been so over the top that it is tanking the world's economies with economists now saying that there is a good chance of a recession ahead a good chance that's as extreme as the pope saying it's the end of times religiously that is you know there are more than a few people asking those questions and dismissive is one word we can we could apply to the attitudes of of some i have talked about with um, the coronavirus and COVID-19, the disease caused by the virus, which pretty much it won't get here. If it does, we will just go ahead with life and just as we are now. And, and it is what it is. You know, closing right now, they're closing schools, canceling public events and, and changing how we do business. Ridiculous, right? New, new cases in China are falling fast. So why all the worry? This is just the media again, right? Overhyping the latest sensational news story. Consider this before jumping into conclusion, you know, that the coronavirus is an overblown media created crisis. Sure, that, are, that is what some people would argue. However, we cannot look to the media for news. The best possible solution to find news is either the World Health Organization or the World Government Body for Health um, for your particular country. I feel that there is so much negativity to be eaten alive by the media to be um, things to, to show up, but really, you know, we really don't know anything about this virus. This virus has, is new to humans. We don't have a vaccine for it. And one is he, uh, they, they say that there is a year to 14 months away from being ready on our shelves. We don't have antivirals to treat people who get it. Um, that's pretty much the, the checkpoint. Uh, we are not ready. We don't have it exactly. We're not sure about all the ways that it can spread, but it appears to be easily transmitted. The incubation period can be up to be, uh, between 24 days. So a person can be infecting others 
long after they were exposed. People may be feeling just as fine when they are infectious, but at the same time, they're, they're, they might not be showing the symptoms. That's the scary thing. They are not showing the symptoms and they're still carrying that infectious disease and throwing it out there. And if you think about it, that's pretty much the, the whole purpose of a, of, a, of a virus. It wants to go into your body, right? And then after getting into your body, it doesn't want to die with you. It doesn't want to kill you straight away. It wants to wait. It wants to wait for you to cause as many germs as possible and infect as many people as possible so they can spread. It can spread and go from person to person. And once that it is satisfied that it's gone to a number of people, it can kill you then and there. Saying that there is no vaccine though. A big worries and so far a scientifically unverified act or fact is the high mortality rate for those who get it now the world health organization has put up uh, the figures of 3.4 percent more recent figures put put it at 2.3 percent that would make it a whole lot more deadly than the flu which has a mortality rate of 0.1 percent the number is expected to drop as testing improves and more people are identified who have the virus but experience only very mild symptoms. Um, and also it's dependent on age uh, because there's a large, large number of people from 20 to 40 who are getting the disease. However, they are being recovered fully. But those that are of the elderly, um, they're the ones that are dropping down like flies. I'm not saying it from a disrespectful point of view. That literally is what came up to mind at the moment. Now, medical officials at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is CDC, uh, they're saying that based on current knowledge of the disease, that 80% of the world who get the coronavirus will only have mild symptoms. Around 50% will develop the more severe symptom of shortness of breath, pneumonia, um, and high fever. 5% will be admitted to an intensive care unit um, or ICU for 2.3%. For the virus is deadly. It is also known that the elderly people with underlying health conditions, um, they're more susceptible to the virus. Young people appear to be able to shrug the virus off without getting very sick with a mortality around the 0.2% range. However, for the elderly, those over 70, mortality goes up to 8% and those over 80, nearly 15%. People with underlying health conditions such as a chronic lung disease, chronic cardiac disease, diabetes, asthma, cancer, uh, cysts, fibrosis, oh, sorry, no, I said that wrong, cystic fibrosis, um, or a comprised immune system are also more at risk of death. You know, I wanted to dig deep into this and find out um, pretty much how other people from across the world are seeing these conditions affect their surrounding areas. Now, um, two of my friend, Todd Sullivan, who is an American living in Taiwan, and Crystal Ordoz, uh, she's the host of the amazing podcast, The Conversation with Crystal Ordoz, and they, have, uh, they, they share their experiences with the coronavirus in their countries. So the United States is doing heavy quarantines. They're starting to become much more strict about it now, um, outside of just closing all of the social gathering spots. Now um, they're closing parks, they're closing beaches because they saw people in close quarters um, gathering at the beaches and things like that. So now the quarantine is much more strict. Before they were pretty gradual about it, to be quite honest, um, because we didn't know how serious it actually was becoming and how the virus is spreading everywhere. Um, in terms of 
media. I deliberately live in a media-free apartment. So I actually don't have TV, I don't have Wi-Fi just because I can't stand fear-mongering in media. Um, but it's mostly statistics, how it's growing, what to do, preventative in that way, in terms of like washing your hands and proper hygiene, but not necessarily in terms of how to take care of your body, supplementation, things like that. I do think that humanity has been rather responsible with the preventing or the reduction of the spread. Like in South America, they're doing a heavy, heavy quarantine, specifically in Ecuador, Colombia, and Bolivia, and I believe Peru. They're doing a heavy, heavy quarantine, meaning only, at least speaking from Colombia, because that's where my family's from, only one person in a household can go outside. Um, everyone is working at home. If you are not going to the grocery store, the police will actually come up to you and ask, what are you doing? Or if they see cars just kind of cruising around, they will stop the cars and ask, where are you going? The quarantine in that part of South America is rather strict. My thoughts on the virus is that it is Earth's wake up call to humanity. Um, I do feel like Earth is getting a breather and needed um, humans to stop and take a step back and realize our significance on the planet we are taking a it's a forced surrender is what i like to talk to say it forced surrender meaning a forced time in that people are now not having the same stimuli that we normally have so people are left to themselves or to be with their families when maybe they would go out or go to work or be more quote-unquote busy now we are left to our own vices and i think it's a great time for self-reflection to observe our, ourselves our habits the things we've been avoiding and how to have a better understanding of self and hopefully understand what our emotional state is like and what that even means and so i think that self-reflection hasn't really happened at that visceral level and this is that time for massive massive change on the earth and rising in consciousness meaning people are becoming more self-aware self-observant now is this by force in a lot of ways yes but typically people learn from life people learn from hard experience experiences and they're able to attain their wisdom through that. And so I think that'll be very useful because I don't foresee people or the world being the same after the coronavirus. I mean, the economy is going to shut down. That will change all of the major social systems and infrastructure and how we interact as people internationally. That's huge. So I think that this is a huge wake-up call for us to uh, behave better Think about how we use our resources. What is our actual stamp and stake on this earth? And how do we actually navigate this earth plane? And how do we actually interact with one another? So I'm hoping this is a rise and we don't have to go through another big lesson like this in the near future. No promises, though. So I first started hearing about the coronavirus towards the end of January, beginning of February. And here in Taiwan, I was living in Taipei at the time, uh, this was the beginning of the Lunar New Year. Uh, and during that time, many Taiwanese people go to China. The Lunar New Year is about seven days, seven to 10 days. And many Ch Taiwanese people go to China. Uh, and so this is when the coronavirus became known in the news and around the rest of the world. So when the Lunar New Year was over and the Taiwanese people who were in China were coming back, they immediately went into self-quarantine. Now, 
the schools had closed down again for about seven days, but the Taiwan didn't reopen the schools. They actually kept them closed for about uh, an additional month. Uh, so the schools altogether were closed for like a month and a half. However, besides the school closings, nothing else really closed in Taiwan. Um, restaurants were still open, stores were still open, buses were still running, subs were still running. You could still go out and about in Taiwan. They weren't really talking about social distancing. And the interesting thing about that is that Taiwan is one of the countries that's used as a model for successfully combating uh, the coronavirus. One of the things Taiwan did do, or some of the things Taiwan did do, is that in the very beginning, uh, like in early February, people started wearing masks. Now, in Asia, people wearing masks isn't really such a big deal. Like you kind of see it throughout the year anyway. Generally, when people get sick here, they wear a mask and they don't pass it on. So culturally, it's just something that's kind of done here. And so in the beginning of February, people started wearing masks. But it's probably about uh, 60% of the people who were wearing masks. Uh, it wasn't until the coronavirus became more, people began to worry about it more, that it went up from like 60% to maybe 90%. And that's when shortages happened because people started stockpiling the mask. And what the Taiwanese government did about the mask situation is that uh, only select pharmacies could sell it. And you had to bring in your national ID. Uh, you can only go on certain days. Uh, you can only buy a certain amount of masks. I think it's maybe three a week. So uh, that was the measures they took. Plus, uh, throughout February and March, and they're still doing it, today is March 24th, they are constantly sanitizing everything. So you constantly, uh, particularly in public places, you constantly see them wiping things down and making sure everything is clean. It's kind of an interesting effect because uh, it's actually cleaned up a lot of the dust here. And that's one thing I do remember on the subway and I was riding it. I always feel like I wanted to sneeze living here for the, for the six months I've been living here because I think it was very dusty. But that problem is gone. Actually, Taiwan is much cleaner today than it was when I came here six months ago. Uh, and Taiwan had basically had the problem under control until about 10 days ago when their clusters started popping up because Taiwanese people who were abroad studying or on vacation or work uh, or just visiting family came back from countries that were had bigger uh, coronavirus um, infestations, I suppose. And so they brought the virus back into Taiwan. So now there are clusters that are popping up throughout the country, which again, they're trying to take care of. But the schools are still open. The schools are still open. Subways are still running. Buses are still running. Restaurants are still open. Restaurants are very crowded. Uh, stores are still open. So what they haven't done is they haven't shut down everything. Actually, they never shut down everything uh, except for the schools. The schools, they shut down for a month and a half, but they didn't shut down everything else. And I say that because I find the response in America, uh, which is where, again, where I'm from, to be somewhat interesting. Uh, right now in America, they're doing social distancing and everything is shut down. A lot of people aren't working or they're working from home and things like this. But actually, I wonder if that's how long people are going to be able to keep that up. Uh, it's just kind of a, a natural situation. Plus, 
even though people right now are not paying the big bills, like uh, perhaps are not paying big bills like credit card bills, mortgages, rent, uh, car notes, things like that, they are paying for things like food uh, and you know basic supplies. But eventually, money is going to run out, and so I don't know how long people are going to be able to just not work. Uh, I think that's only going to be last, only going to be able to last for a certain amount of time before it's no longer sustainable. And on a personal level, I just don't, I, I don't really know if that's the answer, particularly if they're using Taiwan as a model, because that's not what happened in Taiwan. I was still working. Uh, I, I haven't stopped working. I continue working the entire time I've been here. Again, it was just the schools that shut down, but just about every other business, most of the businesses were open. So it wasn't just this mass shutdown of businesses throughout Taiwan that happened. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, how the future is going to unfold. I wish everyone the best. Uh, I think there probably is some economic pain, a lot of economic pain in the future. Um, and unfortunately, probably people who are most at risk in America, uh, you know, it may not be such a good outcome because, again, I'm not sure, you know, a week or two of social distancing and not working is probably doable. Two months, three months, five months, um, this is going to be very, very tough. And eventually some very difficult situations are going to have to be made. And just a matter, I think, of when, not if, but I guess we'll see. Um, and thank you. That's all I have to say about coronavirus today. Goodbye. Vaccines can be used on a large percentage of people in, in a community. They, they create what is called a herd immunity. Now, herd immunity it puts up roadblocks to the spread of the disease. An infected person runs into many immunized people. Uh, the virus can't make the next connection, and it's at its dead end. It doesn't spread. Quarantining those who are infected, postponing or canceling large public gatherings, closing schools, practicing social distancing, which we don't shake hands, and washing your hands frequently for 30 seconds max are all measures that are slowing down the spread of the disease when we don't have vaccines to help us out is the measures that they are taking at the moment. A virus could run through an elementary school without anyone becoming severely ill um, as, as long as none of the kids has an underlying condition that weakens his or her ability to fight it but when those children go home they could carry the, the they could basically carry the virus to their parents or grandparents which are more susceptible to the virus slowing the progress um, of the coronavirus it seems like the best possible solution at this point without a, without a vaccine. It also provides our medical facilities the time to ramp up and to handle it and the ability to slow the rush they might have to handle it, with a vaccine that is. When medical facilities are overwhelmed, they may not have to have the resources to treat all those who need special attention effectively, leading to a higher mortality rate. It may seem that we are seeing the coronavirus spread completely blown out of proportion, but what would be unforgivable is not informing the public of the potential threats so state agencies, local health uh, officials, families, and, and, and individuals uh, can plan it out, can manage that um, uh, for, for the virus itself. And honesty, calm, absolute 
uh, honesty that it shows without creating panic is what we need today. Only that will help us move forward with the steps that will protect people and slow down the spread of the coronavirus. This isn't the last coronavirus and most likely won't be the worst one we will face. I mean, you look at you look at today's world and all the behaviors of people when they really the government if you think about it the government is looking at us and, and saying we were right we can't spread every information that we have to the world they might have info on that we don't even know about any any sort of conspiracy theories that we think we know might be a hundred times worse with the government however imagine them sharing that information and us finding out that we react over toilet paper for a pandemic panic buying you know having fights at supermarkets all the all those essential things that we need yet we're fighting over it we are it's it's every man for himself when it comes to it because it's a natural human instinct right you want to survive and you want to you want to take care of your loved ones if you don't know the person tough luck that's how that's how it's going to be but there's a reason why they say that the truth that we really can't handle the truth because we they just can't manage that sort of panic that's going on uh, these days and you know what i actually saw a um a little conspiracy that that uh that's being spread around with with this uh coronavirus and basically you know what it's saying is that you got china which wanted to slow down the world's economy and bring it to a halt and at that time they actually did because they spread out the virus and bringing it to the u.s dropping down their economy and making china the world's best trade now the conspiracy also starts by saying that it started in wuhan however uh, Shanghai, which is two hours away, Shanghai hasn't didn't have much cases, which is unheard of. How is that possible? It's two hours away, and people were traveling back and forth. However, they were not um, getting the case, and they are they're trying to find out that the conspiracy theory is that you know um, China does have the antidote, and it's not sharing it with the world, and it's presenting this virus for the world to figure out its own vaccine. But in that time, China will be dominant in the economy again. By dominate, I mean it's going to dominate the whole world. It's going to dom dominate in trade. It's going to dominate in, in in growth. It's going to dominate in in job security. It's going to dominate uh, with with the population, and as well as that, it most likely will dominate in um, the the army size that, that it's going to have. And and the whole intention is to be America, Russia, which are the two powerhouses at this time. Um, but most likely, you know, China and, and Russia are having the allies together. But those sort of information that is not helping anyone i think journalists and media is, is trying to 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 stifle and rifle up everyone to stir up the pot so everyone can start talking about these things but the main issue here is misinformation we cannot rely on information that is not a hundred percent a hundred percent resourced from either the world health organization or your local um, country's state health um uh government of whatever the information is getting from all those regulations and, and, and policies and resources that they're, they're coming up with with trying to put it on hold that's sh that should be the, the sort of information they'll receive i think there's there's like a, a little meme happening with mums on whatsapp that that are putting um uh, onions across the room because on whatsapp it said that actually kills the germs and kills the the viruses no that does not work like that or, or the other one is um, potentially that it actually uh, works in in colder climates, and and yet then those that those climates that are more hot. When you think about it, India is is one of the hottest um, at this point, and then actually they're going into winter. I'm not too sure, but Australia is in winter at the moment. That's why we're seeing a lot of cases. But we don't know that 100%. That's just someone that came up with because obviously it follows with the same rules and and policies of, oh sorry, rules and and processes with the the flu. You know, you get it when the cold is here. But 
in reality, we got to be very careful in the sort of information that's, that's being presented. If this is a conspiracy theory, guaranteed we're never going to find out about it ever so the best thing for us to do is to try to look after for ourselves making sure that we are taking every precaution needed to make sure that we are back on track you know i've seen a lot of people a lot of my friends have lost their jobs because of this um, and you think the best possible solution is to try to cover up and, and try to write up a, a conspiracy theory about it no that's not going to do anything anyone any good because they still lost their job the best possible solution is bring down uh, bring down this virus get the vaccine in um, get everything back to normal bring down the uh, bring bring up the economy again and then get everyone their jobs back that's the that's the most important thing and obviously in the process we've got to take the, the solid precautions of that you know you have to wash your hands for 30 seconds very thoroughly every single time you have contact with someone make sure you wash your hands and and if you are having contact try not to stay at home stay at home and do nothing that the most depressing thing that i find out and I'm, I'm finding a lot of appreciation towards was going to the gym the gyms are closed so there's no point in in, in doing anything right no you can still do you can still work out at home you can still do some fitness um go to the park you know do do a bit of running i'm pretty sure there's park gyms all around that's why they were in, in designed for and they were presented for for those that can't go to the gym and yeah you know there, there are so many different solutions to do so thank god you know at the moment australia is not in, in complete lockdown and i really don't want it to be just because of the level of hurt that it's going to do to the economy of, of people that can't really find jobs you know if pretty much everyone's going to lose their job and and for those that are that are my foreign listeners we have this thing called centrelink now centrelink it pretty much provides us uh free money if you think about it just to as a stimulus pack a stimulus package but when every Australian goes into that, it's going to shut down every single website, crash it down every single time. And for the for the, the time that you are making a claim to get that paycheck from them will most likely be weeks in and weeks out. And this is going to cause so much hurt for families that are wor working week in and week out. So for the time the time being, let's actually look out for for us yeah, for each other. Try not to go anywhere. Stay at home. If you really need to go somewhere, make it an essential thing that you need to do. Don't just go and and do nothing. I mean, if you think about it, people are saying that young people they're saying, "Oh, my immune system is very strong. I'm gonna I'm gonna most likely you know recover from this." Fair enough, you do recover, but you're still gonna give that virus to people that are susceptible to it. You know, the elderly, even babies. You know, your parents, your grandparents, the babies that are around you, they are they don't have a strong immune system. I mean, they say that, you know, they found a, a study with babies, actually, when they come out, they, their lungs have this special capacity of taking in anything. Because when you think about it, it's pretty much out of the brand new out of the box. They they aren't they they don't have any um, uh, pressures from the sun. They don't have any pressures of their surrounding areas. It's pretty much brand new and it can take on anything at this point. But uh, that's that being said we don't know a hundred percent of this virus so we can't make assumptions we can't make assumptions we can't provide misinformation every single day i come in home and try to visit my my parents they always give me a new story that they found out that oh they come up with the vaccine the trial's going in we're going to get it soon everything's going to go back to normal but what they fail to realize is the politics that fall behind when creating the vaccine the vaccine actually takes you know sometimes it could take by two to four years now they're trying to put it in record speed they're trying to bring it down to 14 months um or even 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 less than that you know and um i think yeah trials are being done at the moment and tests they, they have been a bit of successful so we can fall on that positive news however to finally create that vaccine and put it on our shelves that's going to take some time now 
I really do hope you guys got some 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 out of this. Um, my main intention was to sort of look into the virus itself, but also reflect on the behaviors that, that are happening across the world. Um, it's not the best situation that we're on at the moment, but the, the good thing is that you kind of really see that we're all in this together. Um, and that's actually the most positive thing that I have found is that there's a reflection that we are literally all the same, rich, poor, whatever you want to call it. Prince Charles actually tested positive for the coronavirus and he's from royalty. Um, the prime minister of, of Britain tested positive for, for the coronavirus. There are, there are actually celebrities that are, um, you know, posting, uh, for the, uh, sorry, testing positive for the coronavirus. And actually, uh, f uh, good thing that I mentioned this, cause I, there is one conspiracy theory that I actually want to leave you, leave you guys with, which was, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, we don't know what's happening. We actually don't know what's happening. So might as well share it. And then we'll, we'll go to theory follows on, uh, by Chris Roselio. Now he says that this morning at 4 30 AM, the prime minister was served a criminal indictment by the US for corporate and financial crimes. I'm, I'm assuming he's saying he's the Prime Minister for for Australia. Now media owners were instructed to historically brainwash everyone that, that the Prime Minister has coronavirus with his wife and that they won't be leaving their house for a while. Tom Hanks was arrested 48 hours by for pedophilia and he's currently being kept in a hotel room in Australia refusing to fly back to USA. Next celebrity arrest will be Celine Dion, Madonna, Charles Barkley, um, Kevin Spacey. All will claim coronavirus uh, inf infections. Italy's airports have been completely shut down as over 80 of Vatican and financial officials have been served same criminal indictments for financial crime, pedophilia, child trafficking and sex, uh, sex abuse. United Emirates have completed uh, mass arrests of their own royal family and affiliates. Convicted Hollywood rapist Harvey Weinstein agreed to a deal in exchange for his testimony against hundreds of top Hollywood celebrities and their involvement in the drug business, pedophilia and child trafficking. Instead of 55 years sentence, he only served 23 years sentence. In exchange, he provided testimonials um, against some of the biggest and most powerful names, including Prince Andrew of UK, former President Bill Clinton, former Vice President Joe Biden, Tom Hanks, Oprah, Ellen DeGeneres, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino Charlie Sheen, Bob Saget, Kevin Spacey, John Travolta, Steve, Steven Spielberg, Podesta, and you know, they also had the sex trafficking clubs and hundreds of more who were all directly involved with Jeffrey Epstein. In exchange of Jeffrey Epstein's testimony, he was allowed to make a deal and have his suicide in prison faked. CEOs of some major, major world corporations have, have been indicted, arrested, and some forced to resign in all of the, of the last 30 to 60 days, such as CEO of NBA, Harley Davidson, Gates Foundation, Intel, McDonald's, Caesar, Caesar Awards, Vatican Chief of Police, Disney, etc. Approximately 700 to 800 more resignations are coming in in the next three months. Lab created coronavirus is a cover up for mass mandatory vaccination agenda, as well as a cover U.S. intelligence operation that the world has ever seen. And this mass 158,000 arrest operation will remove and capture the biggest evil and corrupted politicians, celebrities, and CEOs, including global elites and bankers such as George Soros. UN officials, founders of Greta Inc, 
Trump in, in this stage will win the 2020 election and some arrests of former US presidents will occur in early 2021. All major arrests will be covered um, by media as an accident or conspiracy theory. All arrest individuals will be given Romanian death, meaning choice between suicide, accidental death, in return for reassurance that his or her reputation will remain intact or face criminal trial that would ins result in public disgrace. Some top religious leaders will, will be arrested or forced to resign. Some will get sick suddenly. Vatican will be the first and the Pope will be removed in 2020. Production of human extracted in Jerome will be revealed and Hollywood and Vatican will be directly responsible for it. Coming up, there will be a two-month complete shutdown of the world's most common operations such as schools, stock exchange, some banks, airports, shipping, traveling, agents, expos, sport games, sport championships, music awards, ceremonies, NBA, NHL, baseball games, soccer, football, ship cruises, including food storage and stage electricity power loss. Gas prices will go down, food costs will go up, insurance will go up, gold, silver stocks will fall, many corporations will either be bankrupt or take a significant financial loss such as what's about to happen to Air Canada, Disney and Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, sorry. You know, the, the bird flu will be intentionally released this week out of China. Welcome to the great, greater awakening. What's about to happen this summer fall will change the world's history forever. It's incredible. It's incredible that that level of conspiracy theory that people are, are trying to reach for. But at the same time, look, I'm a sucker for conspiracy theory and we really don't know what the fuck is happening. So we can't say no to it. So unless you can prove that otherwise by a, by a governing official, by just saying, oh, no, that's that's nothing. No, that's not enough. You have to really, really, uh, you know, go and go in depth with it. Because what, what really triggered me was, you know, the fact that they've uncover they've covered so many so many shit in the past so you can't really say that this is not real but anyways i'm gonna just leave it at that uh thank you so much for listening um look if you're wondering uh what face this is to the host my name is bass but i do have two instagrams that you can potentially follow my my official um page instagram for the relatable source it is on instagram it's called the relatable source as though as the saying goes so it's t-h-e relatable and source as in the ketchup bottle not source um and then you can follow me on my normal instagram which is buzz 95 that's b-o-o-z 95 but all in all i'll see you guys later take care